Hey friends, welcome back to Pewology, where normal people, normal church people, people of faith get a chance to talk through really challenging issues of faith. This is our show, Loopholes. When you're talking about grace and faith, especially in the New Testament, especially in Paul's writings, it's just a matter of time till you're talking about loopholes. And loopholes usually form at the intersecting of liberty, freedom, and the grace of God, and how the Christian life is lived out. So, in this series of discussions, there are going to be a reflection of the issue of law and grace. Our church right now is discussing the book of Romans on Wednesday nights, and we got a group together after each one of those studies and talked through the complicated loopholes that form around law and grace, around freedom and grace. I hope you enjoy it. Just know that each and every one of these people that are talking through this issue, they really do love each other. It's just that sometimes these are challenging theological areas. Hope you enjoy. How did we get off? Like, how did this happen? Are you talking about a male or female? Oh, but does it matter? Somebody did say to me once, though, you're just like a demon, we just can't call you one. <laughs> Does it feel like we're just like stretching? To like... Like looking for loopholes in a sense. You get demoted, you work your way back up. <laughs> what do you get demoted to? Is Janitor? It, to a <laughs> you're, a greeting, you're on the greeting team. <laughs> so we're back. Back. And around the table tonight, uh, my good buddy Anthony, my good buddy Juan, my good buddy Juan. Frank the Tank. My favorite Dominican brother, Mike Bueno. Yeah, Blada knows I, I'm all Dominican day. too. <laughs> oh, my you, you're, you're not my, favorite. <laughs> yeah, you're just my not bad. the favorite Dominican. My bad. He okay. acknowledged that. You're just the I'm his favorite albino. The yeah. okay, and for okay. the very, very first time, an integrated audience or yes. panel um, with our good friend Danielle. Uh, the uh, lady is joining the boys tonight. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to spend a what little up, time. What up, Shawty? <laughs> and make sure your mic's on and make sure you know, that you're close enough. Yep. Yep. Turn that on. Okay. You're there. Check. Okay, Always trying to silence the women. <laughs> and as normal, I'm holding a baby. So we're going to try to do this uh, with me holding a two year old, no big, or a four month old, no big deal. Four, two. Okay. So we just got done uh, talking in our Wednesday night gathering. And so we're going to extend some of the stuff we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. Um, we're specifically talking about the tonight. We spent a lot of time talking about the issue of homosexuality again, because Paul brings it up in chapter one of Romans and we're studying the book of Romans and we're going verse by verse and it's part of the text. And so we kind of were working through that dynamic. I'd like to look at one of the more nuanced like things that we talked through um, tonight. Right. And I, that I do think brings up an interesting, uh, kind of discussion, um, which is the issue of, um, that Paul is saying in the book of Romans chapter one, that everyone is in the same boat and everyone is a sinner. Right. So if everyone is in the same boat and everyone is a sinner, 
and um, is how do we, and this starts a conversation because it's going to come later, but how do we then change the game? How do we stop sinning? Does stop sinning really happen? Does that make sense? Do people actually stop sinning? Like in general? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think when we think about it specifically, we, we, we think about it as stopping, but the argument, okay. The only scripture that comes to mind is John when he says, um, he who believes not sin. What about that? Right. He who believes is, who, who, who does not have sin is a liar. No, 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 no. When he says. Oh, you don't like that one? No, no, no. I like no, that one. That was one. true. <laughs> that was true too. But he also says. But the other one is true also. Yeah, What's it, the other one? Um, it's something to that effect. Um, let me, let me. Oh, dang. You got to look at Paraphrase. I thought you knew it. It's basically it. That's it. What what is it? What what did you what was your paraphrase? Um let's see how close he who believes uh does not sin. I think it's He who believes does not sin. Okay. Yeah, yeah something like that. Okay. I don't know when you said that that's the only thing that popped in my head. Uh, somebody uh, somebody Google that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Gee, fact, check. Christmas. Mike's fact check. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony just goes, I don't think right. this doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Are you saying he who believes in Christ does not sin? Right. Hold on. Okay, because I'm pretty sure. Does it say he's free of sin? Everyone definitely sins, even with Christ. It doesn't. Yeah. We can't stop it. God does not commit sin. Yeah, First John three nine. First John three nine. What's it say? Can we get the context? Or can we get a little bit like maybe? I don't know. This is just what popped eight, in my head. Eight okay. through ten. I don't. You know. said we don't sin, so that's the only thing I can think. Because I'm pretty sure I. Can we get today. like a three verse I'm, context? Is what that, was it? First John three nine. First John three nine. Was that what it? There's so many other... Okay, whosoever like, is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Okay. That's oh, Jesus. Okay. What was this? What was They're this? They're talking about Jesus. Okay. So how is that possible? In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever does not, righteousness is not of God, neither is that loveth not his brother. Okay. So what do you think that means? Oh, let's just talk... Just. Just okay, set it aside for this moment. We'll come back to it. Okay, okay. Set it aside for this moment. I think would about just the practice. Use the tip of my Do you brain. think? I mean, okay, so here's the, the, the argument I gave last week, right? Was we think like, okay, if you're committing adultery, you just stop. And then Jesus comes along and says, Not really. You just go mental. Or you go heart, but you don't stop. Right? He said that? Not literally. What? 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 Not are you word for to? word. <laughs> I don't think he said, he said you go mental. <laughs> Mike DeLong version. That's the message first. Okay. <laughs> oh no wonder. That's really? Yeah. No. <laughs> the MDV. The no. So he, he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically saying, "Look, you think uh, that committing adultery is a physical act. I'm saying to you that it's a mental act." That it's an act of the heart. Oh, when he's saying that he he who lusts after a woman yes. commits adultery, that's what you're referring yes. to? Yes. Oh, okay. And I've never known a man who doesn't say that they think they're going to do the rest of the run after their conversion without lust. Well, lust is, means to long after somebody, right? 
to like want and desire. This is always what we do. We redefine it so that we're not doing it. Are we going to redefine it so we're not doing it? Are we just going to accept that Jesus is trying to say, hey, everybody's in? Well, I really think he's getting to the point that it's not just about you not committing the physical act. You know what I mean? Like he's also concerned about your heart's reaction towards it. You know, like he doesn't want you to be like, well, I could just lust all I want and covet all I want. And it's as long as I don't actually do it, I'm fine with it. If I go ahead and marry this woman and, you know, just divorce her and go marry another one, then I'm okay. Now you're committing adultery, he's saying. I say no way. Why not? I'll tell you why. Because he starts off the sermon with, you have to be better than the scribes and the Pharisees. And he ends the sermon with, you got to be perfect. Okay, well. So the whole point of the message is, you think by not committing adultery, you're good. But really, everyone's committing mental adultery. I mean, I believe you're, you're the idea that we're all, you know, we're all sinners. We're all broken. I understand that. I get that. Right. Um, I think when he says that, you know, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees because they're a bunch of broken hypocrites, you know? Yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. Okay, but how do you get he around? He tells them that. That's fine. But how do you get okay. around? You have to be perfect. Well, the word perfect doesn't mean flawless. Are you kidding me right now? Not the Greek word, Mike. <laughs> Listen, I know what the Greek word means, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, if you are you trying to get around the idea that Jesus wasn't saying that God is perfect and you have to attain moral perfection in order to earn his right standing by your own personal works, you're insane. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, that is, I, I, I that really is the preponderance he, of every New Testament scholar. Every New Testament scholar is going to say the same thing. That you, what you're saying is true. I just don't agree that that's the only thing he was doing. I think he was revealing the hearts of those Pharisees, scribes, and what they were teaching. I have no problem with that. I'm yeah. just saying the idea, though, at the very base level is you think if you follow the letter of the law, you're good. I'm telling you that the letter of the law, there's things behind it that's at the heart level that everyone commits. No one is without. Right. And they weren't clear with that, so he was clearing that up. Do women lust? Really? We're talking about lust. Are you human? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Well. Keep mm-hmm. it together. Don't follow up with that. Those six. I'm just asking. There was this whole at the gym thing that she. Sorry. What? What? What were you doing at the gym? Where, come, that, that's, come on. Wow. 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 A long time ago. You All right. Wow. Never tell you. Never tell your sins to Juan. Just <laughs> <laughs> out you. That's why I don't ask. Get it public. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my illustration was. I gave the illustration last week. I said, okay, um, Jesus is saying, look, you know, you think by following some moral things that you can stop, but you really don't stop sinning. You're continuing to sin. I gave the illustration last week. I said, hey, uh, Jesus calls marrying after a divorce adultery. That would mean every person on their second marriage is committing adultery. According to Jesus, the plain words of Jesus. Well, that's your interpretation. Well, you don't think so? No, I think he's he's addressing an issue that the the, the Pharisees had, and they, they were just going ahead, marrying left and right. They yeah. wanted to marry, divorce, get another chick. Marry, divorce, get another chick. Marry, divorce, get another chick. And that, and that and he's basically saying, if that's your loophole to get out of committing adultery, you're still committing adultery. 
that's I think what he was Ooh, saying. That's good. But that's 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 what well, well, yeah. So but you, that's wait, an open wait, interpretation. Wait bro. a minute. Wait a minute. So you think <laughs> that? So you think it's all right to get a divorce? Did I say it's all right to it get a divorce? It kind of sounded like you said and it was okay to get a divorce begin. if but, but, you had good reason. That's okay, what so I heard. It, so if you divorce, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So if you divorce, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can a divorced person remarry and not sin? Can a divorced person remarry? Because they're bound to that person. You're supposed to be with them for life, right? That's a commitment. It's a covenant commitment. Yeah. The the thing is that we we just we jack all that up. A lot of times we're not. We it don't have. Like you're squirming. No, a little bit. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think I think sometimes there's a lot of brokenness that happens within the marriage that should not be happening. Okay. And that's why a lot of things like this happen. But if they happen, they happen. It's like, okay, should you be like practicing? Okay, should I go and get divorced? No, God hates divorce. But if you divorce, is it a sin? Yes. Okay, and if you remarry, that makes that a sin. To get remarried? Why wouldn't it be? You're so, you're so covenant committed to the person you were divorced to. Just to be clear, just to be clear you're, you're separating it without the sexual immorality besides that reason, right? That's what you're citing. I don't care either one. You, let's uh, Okay. Whatever makes everybody happy. Let's say if you divorce without sexual morality, because we'll, we'll say that somehow that was the legal loophole. That he said it for a reason. If, if you remarry, if you remarry, are you saying that that's not a sin? I think that's kind of like cherry picking what you want to apply and what you don't. It seems like it to me. Like, why are we so uncomfortable applying that, calling that a sin? Well, yeah, I mean. I would have to look d- deeper into that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he does call it like adultery. So I, mean, I would have to really look into that more. But um, I think that's the context to it is what the Jews were doing. What do you think? You think that's a sin? How many times have you been married? <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Bam. Nailing it. <laughs> Sinner. Uh, well, you think that's a sin? You think it's a sin? I mean, obviously, it just it's against the, it's yeah, against the nature yeah. of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Divorce is obviously out of control in our time. Um, so I think for the reasons that other than the sexual immorality, I, yeah, I think it's a sin. Because you make a commitment and you're supposed to, you know, stand by those vows. Right. So if there isn't something, if adultery and, and you know what, even sometimes marriages survive that. So. Yeah. That's my whole point. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> That's a total point. Think about it. If I don't know. So here's the point. Every person who's remarried, in my opinion, every person who's remarried, right? That by the strict definition of what Jesus is saying, that's a sin. That's a sin. Why wouldn't we tell them div- divorce the one you're with now and go back to your original wife? Or stay, would, or stay celibate. Or stay celibate. Why wouldn't we do that? You could tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, but why would we? Why I, we I know people who have done that. Yeah, there's some people. That a lot that. of I, churches. I, I have professors from college that have done that. Yeah. My um, mom did. My history professor did that. That she, went back to the first her, wife? No, her husband divorced her, and she refused to remarry. Yeah. She because she thought, she, thought she, thought, she thought it would have been adultery. Right. And he, she was going to wait until he died. To remarry. remarry. 
That's that, that was her that's thing. The one, that's the other loophole. No, my that's mom. The other, that's too. the other loophole too. Yeah. My mom never married again. Or, yeah, but or nobody wanted to marry her. <laughs> this is true. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, wow. I'm Shots fired. He is not kidding. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> wow. Hashtag truth. <laughs> Seal of approval. <laughs> I was just trying to like help you out, Andy. Wow. I, got, I got nothing. Uh, right. He's right. <laughs> But so so I'm asking a legitimate question. Does that not I mean the inconsistency here doesn't haunt you a little bit that with homosexuals we'll say, "Oh, well, the homosexual behavior of same-sex uh expression is a sin, and if you continue in it, you're continuing in sin and you will be judged for this." But if you marry again, you're in the words of Jesus, an adulterer, we don't tell them to go get unmarried and remarry their spouse. It is a complete, in my mind, like legitimate, like hypocritical two-faced argument. Like we just ignored one for the sake of the other. Yeah, I agree. I guess it depends on your interpretation of that scripture. Like we just broke down. You see it one way, I see it another. How do you see it? You don't think Jesus is saying it's adultery? He says the words, it's adultery. Well, just the way I explained it to you. Because yeah, but he, he was, and he actually goes into more detail in chapter 19 about um, this whole divorce thing. They even ask him straight up. He's like, can we um, just go ahead and divorce for any reason? Right. Why do you think they're asking that? Because there was a thing at the time that one of the Jews Dang. believed in what's called any cause divorce. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact. There was one Jewish camp that said we can divorce for any reason. Mm-hmm. And one Jewish camp that said, no, you can only divorce for adultery. For marital unfaithfulness. So Jesus picks the right interpretation as of the time and the people group. But it doesn't change the fact that he's still calling remarriage adultery. Yeah. And that he, doesn't change. And he didn't break it down to like you who want to get married and divorce and marry and divorce and marry. Yeah. He didn't break it down or separate. Like if you only do it once, divorce. it's okay. But if you do it five times, he did it, it a lot of times. It wasn't like the whole entire breakdown of everything. That's why we have so much interpretations of a scripture. Oh. Man, you sound like me talking about the homosexuality <laughs> thing. I mean, it is like the the shoe is on the other foot now. He's like, oh, that's the interpretation, and blah 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 blah. I mean, how is that not? That's that's what I'm thinking. Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it proves to the argument that. Because we equate uh, adultery with homosexual acts, I think the only point that's proven is that that the church just just doesn't call one calls one out the other and not the other. That's my whole point. Yeah, that is the point. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then I think that's a separate argument of if it's considered living in sin on both parts. So, so yeah. So that's I would say yes. I would agree to that notion that the church holds one. In front of the other. Yes. Well, I appreciate at least someone is willing to right. admit it. Okay. So if, we're the, say, if we're saying the church, right, that's what we're saying. Or that's what I'm saying. So the okay, question thank is, you as guarded as possible. So, so okay. So, <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> I got to watch what I say and I got to articulate as the best possibility for everyone who listens. That's so good. Let's go. All right, what do you think? You come from a very conservative background. On divorce? Yeah, like this whole thing. Like, do you think the whole divorce and remarriage thing, is that a continuation of sin? Like, are you continuing a sin pattern? He calls it adultery. No, I, from my from my background, I've never been divorced. So I, I you know, I don't, I don't want to pass judgment on anyone who has. Um, from my background, you know, it's always been 
if you divorce, it is a sin, and you should not get remarried. And that's my baby. Sorry. That was me. Yeah. That was me. Sorry. No, that was me. It was totally me. Um, and so I haven't. I honestly haven't done enough study on my own. I've just always, and I hate to say this, I've just gone with what I've been taught. So you, th- but you've been taught. You come from a a, a group that would say, yeah, very it's Baptist. A sin. Yeah, very yeah. conservative. Absolutely. it's absolutely a sin. Just Dude, as much as homosexuality. I, I got a, I got a guy. I don't need to name who, but I got a guy who at his last church. This is a true story. His last church, when he presented himself uh, to be considered for eldership, they denied him because he has only been married once, but he married a woman who was divorced. Oh, oh yeah. I've seen that. Can you tell me what denomination? We got all kinds of probably denominations. Baptist. Sounds legit. All, it's probably Baptist. But they're all basing it on the simple probably words Baptist. of Jesus. Yeah, yeah I know. So this is, this is everybody doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But that, you think that's crazy. It's so crazy to me that you think that that's crazy, that, that, that God hates, he said he hates divorce. Right. And then for someone to divorce and remarriage, he calls adultery, and then you're like, oh, I think it's interpretation. He's, a, he's so. the liberal now. I love him. <laughs> yeah. I am not in any way encouraging divorce. I don't know. No, I'm not. It's just that I see it differently from the way you're seeing it. Okay. All right. What do you think? You're seeing you I, I can't. For example, I can't say that you and Juan, specifically, that I know that I have been divorced and I'll remarry, right, right. are constantly committing adultery. I can't say that. I don't think that. That's the, I think that's an incorrect. Well, don't view. worry about me. Just worry I am about worried what Jesus about you. says. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I don't. I don't know. I just that's, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, but think about that, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I know we're comparing the two. This whole thing has been about comparing the now two. Now we're to talking some about extent. adultery, ladies. But and but the whole thing about that's that's really what a lot of the argument I'm is sorry, on the divorce, other side for homosexuality. That's what I mean. They're going. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem sound right. I mean, that's literally what they're saying. Mm-hmm. What you're saying. To, 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 those words can't be true. That sounds too strict. No, no. But, I mean, you're using my words for something else. No, I'm saying that's exactly what they're saying on the issue of homosexuality. What, what are they saying? That- they're saying it. the scripture can't mean exactly what it says. That's too strict. It's too... That I, I know somebody that's like this, and that just that sounds insane. Oh, when it's like condemning homosexuality, yeah. you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, it sounds insane to them? No. That's what you're saying about the me and Juan. No, I'm. I'm well, that's what I'm saying about your interpretation of it. Yeah, but you're. I'm saying not saying that about the that. Scripture. You're looking at us and say, "I can't believe that you guys are continuing in sin every day." Though, because that's, I, don't, I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying. I think he's why? he's addressing uh, he's addressing what the Jews are practicing. And that's why they even ask it again in Matthew 18. So you think he, so? You really think he calls it adultery, but he doesn't mean it's adultery. No, what he's saying is that if this is some kind of a loophole that you think you can have to continue to keep having sex with different women. You're just marrying them and divorcing them, marrying and divorcing them. You're basically committing adultery, the same exact thing that you're not supposed to be doing, having sex out of marriage. So think about what you're saying. Even though you're doing that technicality. So let's, that's what I think. Let's let's walk down the logical road here. Let's think about what you're saying. So good. You're basically saying, (laughs) you're basically saying, well, if there's people out there who are doing it multiple times just for their whim, then they're committing adultery. Well, at what point does it become adultery? Like second time, third time, fifth time? That's a good question that I haven't thought through. Yeah, because Jesus is saying the first time. Right. Okay, so you get what? You get double whammy? Triple <laughs> double whammy. Yeah. No, I, that, I think that's the whole point. I think the whole point is we're scared to call sin, sin. 
That's the whole point. I don't think so. I know I'm a sinner. I, know I don't know why we wouldn't call it sin. We wouldn't just say what Jesus says. I it's, a it's a sin. I'm a divorced person. I, I, I knew, so you I had knew that the, condemning thought that you're continuously committing I've adultery? Ne- I never had that thought. No. But, but throughout the divorce. I think, it's, I think it's sin. But then the next thing is, like, how do we deal with this? Exactly. How do we deal with this? And this is where Paul comes in and he goes, yeah, it's not. It's all sin. We're all in the same boat. But this, the solution is grace. The solution is an obedience. And it's what, grace. And what does grace do? Redeems us. Renews us. Forgives and, us. And brings us to repentance. Now, just to play devil's advocate, just messing with you just a little bit. So if you are divorced and you were remarried yeah. and you're committing adultery with your wife, so that means you're continuing in sin so grace can abound. And I know that's like, you know, no, what no, we just re- talked but, about with Romans but remember, 6. But, but remember, you know? remember what Paul's saying here. Paul's not saying... Hey, should we continue in, in sin so grace remember? He's not saying that. He's saying right. that's what everybody says. That's what they're when saying. When the gospel gets okay. presented. Okay. Right. Well, what's we his answer start. after he says that? After well, he says, question. he says, God forbid. God, God forbid. God forbid. Right. That's God, his answer. God forbid. Right? Yo. God no for, way. God forbid. <laughs> that's basically but what do he you believe? Do you believe he's really saying, you guys stop? Absolutely. Okay. So then that's possible for you. Well, you. So you think it's possible not to lust again? That would be continuing in sin. That'd be committing adultery there, again look, and again I, and again and again. I think there's plenty of sin. Raise your hand, can... guys, if you stopped at lusting. <laughs> Raise your hands. I'm just saying, you're, conti- you you're continuing in sin. Okay, so and ladies, let's say, raise let's, your hand. Let's say that <laughs> you successfully that you successfully stopped lusting. Right. You don't have any other sin. I'm guilty of sin already. That's what I'm saying, though. So I'm fully aware of that. You but, don't think you've stopped lusting, do you? Yes. It depends. How do you, you really what, think that? No, listen, depends listen, on your listen. definition. Yeah, that's what it is. Because oh, so you just redefined it to the point where you're not lusting anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I think that you 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 want to like generalize, generalize it so much. Like it's so easy. Like, oh my God, I just look at a woman and, and I thought she was attractive. So I lust. No, I don't, that, to be attracted to a woman is not lust. I don't, I, there's no way that that's lust. So, because I'm attracted to a woman. So do you really think, do you really think that Jesus was writing all this so that we would sit around and go, okay, where's the l- exact line for lust? So we'd make that the moral achievement thing? Like somehow somebody would raise their hand one day and actually say, I stopped lusting. No, no. I've, Is I've, that really what we believe? I think Jesus took a whole lot of time. He had a sermon on the mount to really explain the heart of the matter. To help us understand that it's not just about, okay, I got to, fi- if, I, if I just write this letter of divorce, and I go have sex with another one. That's good. That's okay. There's all these loopholes. All I got to do is get circumcised, and I'm with the people of God. Okay. And you know, and that's and I'm okay. I can go ahead and steal and still commit adultery and still do all these things. He was trying to let them know. Okay, just because you didn't commit the act, what's, what's up with your heart? I think that's what he was really doing. I, but, and at the same time, he does what you said. Again, you're promoting this concept that somehow people are going to be re- redeemed in grace, but then they're going to uh, hold on to the grace by their personal obedience. I think they'll validate their faith by their devotion to God, yes. The same way that James talks about it. What, what does that mean, validate their faith? I mean, what does that well, mean? I think he's saying like faith without works is dead. Exactly. Is that what yeah, I mean, that's at? fine and dandy, but yeah. at the end of the day, does that change our standing with God? Oh, yeah. You tell me. Oh, so, so you have to earn it then? <laughs> no, no, you don't earn it. Well, wait a minute. No, you just said it changes your... It's produced from your faith. Yeah, but if... Okay, so how much do you have to produce? 
I think that's an unfair question. That's like saying, well, how much faith you need? Well, so he said something much much interesting, so I know the exact answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but that's incorrect. Got him. That's incorrect. <laughs> no, 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 no. That has, that has nothing to do with salvation. He's talking about exercising demons at that point. He says, the reason why you're not taking them out is because you you of little faith. That's not talking about salvation at all. Let's keep the, the scripture in context, please. Mm. I, I, go ahead. Well, okay, I so do you think you can stop lusting? No, I can't stop, no. But I think I think the difference is that that now that as a believer, like I don't try to stop sinning to earn my way to heaven. Exactly. But now I want to stop sinning because of the reaction of the gospel. So okay. now, now I have problems. What if you don't? Yep. What if you don't what? If you continue in the sin. You just said you're going to continue in it. So what if you continue in that sin? Well, you're... I mean, because of the brokenness of the world, you are going to continue to do it. But I just think now, but I just think what what your view on sin now is what's the changing part, right? Do we battle with sin now? Do we say, well, this sin, let's say lust, is the very reason why Jesus suffered and died? So do we say, well, may grace abound? Or which which I was trying to come to as well is just, I want to know the clar- the clarification of what you think or what your view is of of if if we don't if we if we continue to keep on sinning, right? Um, and let's say I'm trying to see. I'm trying to reword it better. Well, okay. So let's just say like this: What would be the view that you hold to then, as far as when it comes to sin? If we don't stop sinning, right? Do we say that grace abounds everything, past, present, and future, and so therefore we give in to what the sin nature does to us? Well, what I'm saying is this: This is what I'll say. If I agree with you, I don't think I think that's naivety. I don't think any of us is going to stop a sin like lust. That's a, a moral sin. Can you stop being a drunkard or a drug addict? Abs- no, you, you can't. I think you can stop the. I think you can stop the use of alcohol, but the addiction lies within. The desire lies within. It will always remain, and it will show up in other places. That's what I think. So and so, the idea that that we can purify ourselves by our own work, I think, is naivety, right? And I think I, it's the rejuvenation of the Holy Spirit, not our own work. Right. Well, I, it, so let's. This is what I'm saying, though. Right. I think what it ultimately leads to is judgmentalism, because what you what we really do is we start redefining, and moving the goalposts, and changing what it means to understand sin, and then looking at others who are sinning in a more displayed way, and we say, "Well, look, see, I, I've recovered, or I'm holding on to my salvation, or I'm continuing my salvation." When the reality is, like, we're not getting better. And the whole concept of the gospel message isn't work your way towards validation. It's rest your way towards validation. It's stop working. That's the whole gospel message. When we get to Hebrews, he's like, rest, 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 rest in his finished work, right? And I think it's dangerous to promote the idea that somehow that those who are in faith will work to hold on to their faith. That's a dangerous... I don't think that's what they're saying. They're just saying... They're not saying that they're being uh, morally or trying to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. To earn it is just to represent him. No, but let's So let's ask a question, because I don't think that's what he's saying. <clears throat> so if a person continues in the same sin from the time of salvation to their death, what happens? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. It's too hard a question to answer. No, yeah, at the yeah, end of the day, you really believe Because sometimes that the questions are say. very like, um, I don't know, I'm not going to, whatever. Um, I look at James. James is a very, very good book when it comes to talking about faith, works, and all that. He actually says 
You are justified by your works, not by faith only. He specifically says those words, and he continuously says that we are not saved by faith alone. Faith without works is dead, means nothing, is useless, is what he says. He's, he's talking to a people that think that the same way the Jews thought that by being circumcised and they thought they were saved and because of that, although they weren't actually living it out, that was a problem. It's the same way that the church was having the same issue with faith. The problem here is you're equating works with stop sinning. That's not what James equates it with. He equates it with widows and orphans. And what he says? And to re- no, no, listen. And he also says that to remain <laughs> unspotted from the world. Listen. He even gives um, the example of Abraham. Abraham's not giving. He was cutting his, his, his little kid's head off. Mm. And in Hebrews, when he talked about the hall of faith, it's all about so what they did. Answer with the question then. Be a hero. <laughs> if you think. What do you think that means? If you think that, be a hero and say what you mean. You really mean that if a person <laughs> a is to be a saved, they have to stop sinning and if they continue in the same pattern of sin over and over they are going to lose what they have i'll put it to you this way i think that you you, you definitely there's definitely scripture you need to try your best no listen there's definitely scripture that talks about falling falling away from the faith there's talk there's definitely scriptures about keeping the faith there's also plenty of scripture that talks about like i just finished saying your, your 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 faith needs to be validated by your works so, I mean, I don't know how else to put that for you. I, I mean, that's scripture. Listen, <laughs> I mean, we, we can have a heart. I mean, honest to God, disagreement. Yeah. I just want to make sure that it's clear. That's the disagreement because that's where you really stand. The real stance is if you continue in a pattern of sin, mm-hmm. you're either not saved or you lose it. Okay, fine. I'll go with that. You go with that? <laughs> no. Okay. I, but, but, but I have a – see, I, that's where I get confused because I, I – I want you to, th- to thoroughly clarify of, okay, so for example, so if we sin, right, do we, is there a moment of discomfort? Is there a moment of, of Repentance? conviction? Yeah. Is there a moment of, you know, any of those things? Or we just, or do we just, free, or do we just tell ourselves, well, I know this is the reason why Jesus died for, this is the one of the things that, you know, and we move on. I just don't think that's the case. I think automatically we, we have this perception that if somebody is like sinning, they're like, oh yeah, Jesus got me. I can continue doing that. And I, there might be a few people that think like that. I don't think that's the majority. I think the majority of people that are struggling with any particular sin have their moments of conviction where they're like, man, I don't know what to do with this. Like, God, I need you. I'm trying to stop this. I can't, you know, they'll do well for a little bit. Then they fall short. But our automatic assumption where it comes to where they say, oh, so what do we do? You just continue sinning. It's like, you're just so worried about yourself. You're worried about that, well, I'm being good. I'm not doing anything bad. But you get to be, you're worried about somebody else. You're worried about, well, that person gets to not be good and still make it. And I make it too. So what's the, it's not a competition. And I don't think, I don't, I honestly don't think that that's the, the mind frame of a lot of people, which is like, oh, yeah, Jesus got me. I'm going to continue sinning. I really doubt that, you know, any believer in Christ truly believes that. You know, like purposely. No, I'm I think they're t- believers that believe that. Not a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're believers who believers like in, in the actual gospel, like they believe in Christ, they're followers that have a relationship with him. Would you they will have conviction? Would I go as far to say would they be considered a believer if they think like that? Yeah. That that God's got them, they can just continue. Yeah. And they with confidence saying, Well, I know that Jesus died for this, so I don't know. I I I, I yeah. I mean at, at the end of the day, how can we not say that? 
I mean, if, if we're all sitting around the table saying, we all are aware that we're going to continue in patterns of sin that we're aware of, aren't we by very nature doing that? Yeah, Mike, but, but we're also in, in God's image, right? So like, even for people that are not religious, right? They have these things like, if, if you kill their, there's certain things that happen that create pain within you. That comes from the creator. I think that's where, where God is saying like, oh, you can see the creator, you know, in, in Romans, where he's saying you can see the, the, the what, what was it? The, the image of an invisible God. The image of an, right? And that's also in your character. Like there's people that are not believers that have characteristics of God because that's, we're still born in his nature, right? So if you're coming to church every week or every other Sunday or whatever, I think, I don't know. I don't know that I like I stop sinning. I'm, I, I sin, but I'm more aware of it, and I do try not to sin. But it's not to earn my salvation. I just but I, I think there's a th- we're just redefining sin. No, not at all. Yes, we are. I'm saying your second marriage is sin every day. I agree. That's what Jesus says. Yes. I disagree. <laughs> but that's yes. what he says. Yes, yes. I agree. And so at the end of the day, we're basically saying. What we always want to just change the sin to somebody else's sins and not our own sins and not consider our sins that we're repeating over and over and over again. We want to pretend we've stopped sinning and that we don't have no. this sin problem. I don't think that that's what they're that So you're saying, saying it's okay to continue to I'm keep, saying and it's embrace a it. And, and it, but it's okay. No, I'm saying sin's never okay. It has to be paid for, but it's not paid by me. It's not paid by me wanting to stop. No. It's not paid by me trying to stop. It's already stop. been paid. So what, what would be the, so what would be, what would be your description of someone who is, um, so what the Bible says, um, the person who's made new. So what would be the old person then, right? So how would we distinguish right. the conversion from That's a good question. before Christ to after? Mm-hmm. Even the liberals looking at you. Even what? Even the liberals looking at you. Like, <laughs> I, I ask again. I'm sorry. I'm not. So how do we distinguish okay. um, like conversion, right? right? So someone who hasn't claimed to Christ, right? And their old life and then someone after. Well, Coming to Christ. obviously from the scripture, that claim comes, uh, the, the metaphor is fruit, mm-hmm. right? So there's fruit and there's um, uh, a response that's lived out in the person's life. That includes their thinking, that includes their actions, that mm. includes their values. Are you everything work? that I'm talking about? But what it doesn't <laughs> do is in any way imply that the sins or the sin patterns will ever stop or completely stop. And I think that's the danger, is that when we say, well, yeah, but if you continue in patterns of sin here, um, you will lose what came freely. So really what we're saying with that message is, God's given you grace freely, but you have to earn it to keep it. That's, that's, That's the message. And that is a an abomination of the gospel. I don't. I don't think it's a command. I think it's something we identify as a natural response. Like you just, you just finished quoting. Yeah, but at the end of the day, what you're really worried about, and we'll go strong enough to say, is if you continue, you'll lose it. But would you say, but there has to? Would you? Okay, so let's just say this: Is there a moment of fight between sin? Right. So if temptation is near. Is there a fight that comes on that comes along that says, or do we just? Go along. I'm asking. I just want to, I'm trying to clarify. No, I think what you're. What no, I think is. absolutely. I think for some uh-huh. and for some things and for some times. And I think some of us will be in seasons of our life where we'll continue patterns and we won't even recognize. Yeah, I agree. it'll take somebody no, to point it with, out. I agree with no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I agree, agree with that completely. But what I'm saying is, what do we do when the temptation comes in front of us that we are aware? Oh, this is a temptation. That's what I'm trying to get clarification. Are, are we saying that? Well, 
again, is this the very reason why Christ died? Or is there a moment of fight and a different type of, now I'm fighting again? Is there a fight against sin? I don't look at it that way. I mean, I guess, yes, those the, those terminologies are used in Scripture, and I, and I guess we could look at it that way. I'm not saying that it, we shouldn't. I'm just saying that's not the way I look at it. I look at it the way Paul writes about it, which is there is a new life, meaning that the pattern that he wants you to live will be better if lived, and will be more fulfilling, more content, more pleasurable, more complete than the old. So at the, I guess at the fight level, the fight is towards what he always wanted and what he always designed and what he always hoped for right? In us and all of creation. But that isn't, that's a far cry from, hey, get your crap together in order to keep this. So we don't ever encourage one another for good works and stuff like that or keep keep um, each other accountable? Absolutely. I'm not saying that that's those, none of those things am I denying. I think the danger is, is that when we assume people in patterns of sin are going to like, like we pick out the worst sins and go, look, see, they're continuing. And I'm like, you are too. Right. Like, <laughs> so? And? <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess from what distinguishes, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Actually, I completely agree. I think yeah. the, the issue that I'm having is those who would still conti- like maybe reject the fact that it is a sin and continue to do those things and then continue to be a believer and continue to be a believer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. like that's my, like, so take divorce because it's obviously easier than homosexuality, right? So with <laughs> divorce, I, I have no problem. See, I, I take it a step further. I'm taking, I'm more stringent. I'm more conservative than this guy. Like I'm saying that a second marriage at any stance, sexual around or not, is by its very nature, a breaking of an old covenant and starting something new. And that is not God's, Holy intent, his content is fidelity, which means I, by that choice, sexual immorality or not, am a sinner. I think to embrace it is to, again, be drawn to repentance, meaning that you go, okay, I'm not trying to avoid being a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I know the divorce was a sin. I know the remarriage was a sin at some level, meaning that it was divergent from God's very nature. How, how is it drawing you to repentance if you're going to continue doing the same thing? Because repentance means you stop doing it. No, I don't think repentance means you stop doing it. Repentance means you change your mind. That's what the word means. Okay. You change your mind. And so... I Doesn't think that, that include the behavior? No, I don't think it does. So if someone believes that homosexuality is not a sin and they continue in it... Look, I, I think the danger here is this, right? No answer. So I'll, I'll give you the answer. I'd have, I'd have to say, if we're applying the gospel across the board, if, a, if, if you're telling me that if a, a person that that's, has a, either a gender orientation or behavioral display of homosexuality or all three together that come together in a sexuality, mm-hmm. and then they continue in the behavior, that somehow they're continuing in the behavior after conversion nullifies the grace, I disagree. Absolutely. I hundred percent, or it's not grace. It can't be both guys. It can't be like, well, God gives you the grace, but if you can't earn it along the way and continue and hold it up, then you don't get it. But that's exactly what James explains is not just faith. I, I we, we, we just, we're disagreeing on the, on the main point of, of what it means to come to grace. Now, what I will say is this, I don't think that changes the fact that this 
that, that we have an issue with the homosexual deal. We have an issue that's at the very core, which is, okay, what do we do? What do we do with this? I think the conservative answer is, of course, celibacy. I think the liberal answer is, of course, monogamy. To be very honest with you, I look at those things and I go, I mean, obviously you can have, you know, probably more biblical support for the conservative answer. But I got to tell you, I'm in no way prepared to take the liberals and go, no, they're not all saved. I mean, that's a dangerous stance. That's a dangerous stance. That's an infringement of the gospel message that I'm not willing to take. So what do you think when, when Paul says that? I mean, you're, are you just, you're just opposing what he's saying because Paul is saying straight up that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So you're saying that they are? I'm saying that homosexuals won't, right. liars won't, lusters won't. We got to look up that scripture. You did that last time. <laughs> I'm saying Paul's point is not, hey, homosexuals are out. His point is Everyone's everybody not. on the list is out. No, it's not. Because when he's talking to the Corinthians, because when he's talking to Romans and he's talking to Corinthians, it's a totally different thing. He's, he's correcting the Corinthians. They're not supposed to be living in these lifestyles. He's saying you have to change. He says, flee immorality. He tells them that. So That's an instruction. Think about, what your, think about what your theology is. He has to change in order to be saved. That's your theology. No, he will be changed because he is saved. No, that's not what you're yes, saying. Yes, it is. Okay, so if he's not, but there, there's also a so lot if of he's not, what, ha- what does that mean? Instructional. What does huh? that mean? If, well, if it doesn't change, what does it mean? He goes to hell. No, that means he's not. He doesn't be- truly believe. A true believer changes, is renewed. Everyone Paul- here disagreed, but you. Okay. We're all going to continue in lust. Okay, that's fine. Okay, but Paul says <laughs> after seeing everything you just mentioned in this class and everything that we're all fallen, and we- I mean we know that we agree with that. But guess what? He says now be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Absolutely. He's t- and then he goes, do not commit adultery. He starts repeating the Ten Commandments. Yeah. He's t- instructing them to live a different lifestyle. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I have no problem. With I think that's where I can confuse, honestly. Because <laughs> no, I, I think that's the whole point. And that's he the point actually of the spends about four chapters talking about the correction of the way they should live. We're going to get there, and, and that's going to take time. But we're going to get there. But the, here's the thing, guys: you got to start with the the foundation, and if the foundation is well, we retain our our grace by obedience. I promise you, that's not the gospel of Paul. It's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hold to that. But I don't either. I mean, you don't hold to what? To what? Like I'm saying, or to, to that? No, I don't hold that. In order to, you know, that we order in order to save our grace, we need to do like a work, or we need to continue in what am no, I just no, obedience. I, I, and obedience. No, sorry, no. That is what comes out from faith. That is what. Produces. I don't think that's what you mean. I think that's that what, is what I'm I saying. Think that when you hear it out loud, you're like, oh, I have to say that. But the day, no. but the danger is when pressed, you're like, if a person continues, they're out. That's what you just said. They're out because they're not producing. Yeah, that's they, why. Yeah, because they had to, to produce. They had to produce. To whose standards, though? Yeah, that's God's standards. How much do they have to produce? How much faith they need to have? It depends on where they are at their level. That's what I'm saying. Look, <laughs> and we already answered how much faith. No, but look, think about it like this. So, like in your faith walk, there's times that you start and you're like on fire, and then there's times where you're like stagnant and you don't really move. So, if you're caught in those moments where you're stagnant and you're not really following 100, percent then you're out. That's what you're saying. Because time is important to us because we're here. So we think of life like, you know, oh, my God, you know, we got yeah, to do something. I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree that there's always going to be a journey and we're going to go through ups and downs and we all fail. You know what I'm saying? But I think there's a difference between you totally accepting a certain type of lifestyle, living that lifestyle and just embracing it, marrying it and so on and so forth. That's the difference between I'm messing up, I'm falling, 
You know, that, well, to me, that's the difference. And I think what Mike is trying to say, that the lifestyle, as you're describing it, mm-hmm. is the same lifestyle that a divorced person is choosing when they remarry. Yeah, I, I see that differently, I already said. You know, I'm, I've made my peace with that. So, I, look, I, so let's, <laughs> I, I guess I'm trying to confuse. So, to be clarified, if someone claims to be a believer, but let's say a guy, but he lives a life of promiscuity and just sleeping around, sleeping around, sleeping around, are we then saying, or I would say, well, that's probably a sign of a possibility that he's probably not like a believer, only because. How can you be comfortable in doing those things, or how can you not make war with those things? What it depends well, on the stage that he's at. I would, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Quote you, Paul. Right, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do them and I love them. So that's what we would tell the person of promiscuity. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that's the reality. Okay, but what what would we what would we say to that person? Well, I, I, I mean, I deal with that all the time. The practical, like, how do you deal with a person that's that's confronted with something like that. I mean, I think on that you go, Hey, look, I, I think there's, there's, there's things about your created order, the way God's made you that will only be experienced in their fullness inside fidelity. And so, you know, you can choose to do whatever you want to do, but at the end of the day, uh, you were made to live in fidelity. And so let's talk about that. And we, I mean, we could counsel about that. We could talk about that, but at the end of the day, that is a, a layer, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight removed from the justification talk of how is a person redeemed in faith, right? Mm-hmm. How are they redeemed by um, um, by grace as of and you know, just opposed to works? That, those are two different discussions to me. Does that make sense? Because you can't you can't sit around and go the second the second you waver on that, then you have this blurry deal with like, okay, well. How much work do they got to do to hold on to this thing? How much work do they got to do to keep hold of this faith? How much, how much obedience does it require? How much fruit do they need to produce, right? I mean, at the end, it's just logical. It's like, so what do you go from here? What do you think that, they, that they're trying to, the message he's trying to convey when he says, and I'm with you about grace and, you know, this matter. what is the message you think he's trying to convey when he does say, you know, faith without works is dead? Well, we're jumping, but... I think that I think that uh, when 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 James starts to articulate his faith and works message, it's in a context of of a church that he's describing that is big on words, right, and and little on action. I got you. Um, and I think he's saying, in in my opinion, I think he's saying there's this kind of big discussion about what does faith produce. What does faith, what does the outflow of faith produce in the life of a believer? Now, I think that's a far cry from uh, looking at it the other way, which is, does faith produce sinlessness? I I don't think that's the case. I think what faith produces is dependency, which requires at some level a continued awareness of weakness, which which requires rest upon his work, not on mine. Does that make sense? And so... When I look at that, I go, absolutely, I think the real faith um, over time produces um, real dependency and real fruit and all these things, but the idea that it would produce um, a morality that is worthy of redemption is not the gospel. That's the whole point. We can't produce that, right? I agree. So that's my that's my two seconds. 
All right, you've been quiet. Danielle. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> I I can share this that um my stepmother is one of the most faithful women that I know. Um in the word every day. And she goes to AA meetings because she needs to. Um she will say it without a problem. She is not she's recovering alcoholic. And there was years that she wasn't going to meetings but still was devoted in her faith and all that, and she found herself drinking again. So I think for us to think that anything that, that there's anything that we can do is foolish. Um, and at, at the end of the day, it all just goes back to we need him. We need him um, to just get through the day. We need him, like when, like you were saying, that battle – yeah, you know, I think the difference would be how we respond to that. You know, um, when I'm faced with something that I know is a struggle with me, I can either choose to, well, you know, I'm covered in grace, I can do this, or no, I'm going to fight and, and ask and, and fall on my knees and say, help me, <laughs> I need you, because that's the only way to get through it, right? So, I mean... Y'all are deep. <laughs> yeah. And I understand what you're trying to do here, you know, but I think at the end of the day, like, do we really need to overcomplicate it? It's just, we need him. Like, there's there's nothing that we can do in our own strength. Like I said, she is the strongest woman that I, person I know. And she needs those meetings to, like, so she, and in that place, you know, is where is she, is uh, getting her help and um, because it, it is, it's beyond our, beyond us. So, but yeah, y'all are deep. <laughs> I, I think the, I think that theology, I worry that the theology is, that kind of theology is a young man's game, right? Like I love the. Of what I'm saying? No, no, no. Uh, what am I saying? I love the, I love the, the, whole, the whole obedience holds on to your grace thing is <clears throat> Is a young man's game. I mean, that's what I love about John 8 when, you know, Jesus says, you know, he without his sin cast the first stone. And it says, uh, you know, all the old guys left first. Because the older you get, I think the more you realize yeah. we're not getting better by our, 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 our abilities or our, depend, or our commitment or our devotion. or We're not getting better. In fact, what Paul's trying to say, and I think in Romans 7 is, uh, there's going to be a constant battle between the old and the new, and we're not getting better. The only thing that makes us better is Christ. And it's a foolish idea to somehow this kind of moral mortification, this somehow like moralification where we make ourselves moral by our work, I think is a dangerous, dangerous thing to tell people. And I think what happens is over time, they, they either go underground with their sin because they need to do this to prove to the people around them that they're somehow still in. So they go underground with it. Or they become so discouraged at the repetitiveness of the brokenness in their life that they give up. I agree with that. And so I think it's either hypocrisy or brokenness. I think that's where it ends. And I think that's a that's where that's what my concern is with that type of thing. And I think that's the concern that Paul has when he addresses the Romans. I think the whole point of the Romans is, is that when you preach the gospel, people go, man, it sounds like you say you think people should continue in sin. 
But I think that's the reaction to the gospel. Yeah. And it's funny because I think I, I, there's people that actually walk. No. No, but there's people that actually walk away from the faith for the same reason. Because they encounter somebody that was a believer that somehow over, you know, was able to control whatever they were dealing with. And they told him that by praying and that, and, and he did it all. You know what I mean? Which he does. But they're not able to do it. And they're praying. And they're not able to do it. And they're struggling with this. And they're not able to do it. And next thing you know, they're like, so he's not, you know, God is not with me. Jesus is not with me. And they walk away from the faith. So I don't see how that's productive at all. What do you guys think when um, when Jesus says, um, you know, uh, many will come to me on that day and they will say, oh, well, I, you know, I've been prophesying um, all in your name, Lord. And I've been doing all these many works yeah. in your name, Lord. You know what I think but that means? But on that day. Yeah, I think that means he says, "Yeah, I think that's away from me, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Is what he says. Mm. What do you think he means by that? I think he's talking to like the people that feel like they know every. I'm serious. This this is my perspective on it. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. I think he's exactly talking to the people that believe that because they go to church and that they know enough about the Bible to hold judgment on everybody else. I think he's talking to them, to the people that feel like they got to figure it out, that by some way they earned it. He said, you workers of lawlessness. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know why that's so hard. I mean, like Paul says to the Romans, he says, for those who have the law, you'll be judged by the law. Mm-hmm. He says to the Gentiles, for those that had creation, you'll be judged on what you know. I don't know why that's a big deal. You're a worker of lawlessness. Every one of us is a worker of lawlessness. That's he said, the whole point. He's going to say, away from me, depart from me, for right. I never knew you, you right. workers of lawlessness. Absolutely, because if you've tried to earn your way, at the end of the day, what Paul's saying is, think about what he says to the Jews in Romans too. He says, look, you've been judging everybody else, but you're doing the same thing. Exactly. Right. You're, you're, and you're not supposed to be, is what he's saying. He says yeah. you're being a hypocrite. Yeah, but they think they're righteous. But and they're moral. That's why he mentions the circumcision. He thinks just by the circumcision, they're good. Just by teaching it, they're good. But they don't no, think no, that no, they no. don't got to do they it. They think they're good by bloodline. They think they're yes. good by the law. They think they're good by circumcision. They think they're right. good. And Jesus is addressing the same crew. And he says, you guys think you because you don't commit adultery, you're good. But your, your hearts are rotten. Your hearts are rotten. So just because you're moral doesn't make you lawful. You're a worker of lawlessness because your heart's broken. Because it's gone, it's gone bad in your heart. So what are you saying that none of us will be, none of us will know him, and, and we'll all have to depart from him? Not by our works. <laughs> That's the whole point. He's he's continually putting everybody in the same category. He's like, everybody will be sent away that doesn't know Christ. If you think we're going to stand on Judgment Day, and He's going to judge us by our work, and then hand out rewards or condemnation based upon what we've done. You've missed the whole point. The whole point of the gospel is we stand on judgment day and Christ goes, I got this one. Yeah. Grace. The, I got this. It's already been, the propitiation has already been made. Absolutely. That's already been done with. That means my sin now and my future sins, mm-hmm. my continued sins, mm-hmm. all of it. All of it. It's all his work. The second, I agree. <laughs> the second we take it away and make it our work, it, that is the danger zone for me. What do you think? Captain Conservative. <laughs> my my ginger hair friend. <laughs> Captain Conservative. Um I, I get what Mike is saying. 
bueno, but I also totally get here because I, I struggled for years um, as a as a teenager, you know, in my twenties and everything, you know, thinking I'm saved. I got to work for it too, and if I don't do right, God's gonna squash me like a bug, and I'm out, you know, and that that terrified me for years. It it really did, um, but. I really think it's about, yeah, his grace. That, that when I, especially when, and this was it's not just because it's recent. You, you, you said it last year or something like that. When we start really abiding in him, um, I, I, it's not. I'm not saying I don't care about the works. Um, I, I line up more with with Pastor Mike here. Um, I think when we focus on Christ so much, when we abide in him we don't really think about our sin. Um, and it's kind of like what, you know, you're saying with your mom, she needs Christ in order to get over that addiction. And I, I'm in that boat. I, that's, that's my sin. I struggle with addiction. I have a family history of addiction and I, I get addicted to things so easily. Star Wars um, <laughs> is the best thing. Yes. But that's, that's how I am though. When I, when I get into something, I go all in. And I, I put mind, body, and soul into it, um, and uh, and I gotta, I have to be careful because if I let things like that control me, it's not letting letting God control me, um, and so I have to. I, I think I'm mature enough in my faith where I have. He's cracking me up. That yeah, my ADHD Sorry, is just like no, I got a tongue speaker. It's good. You better have interpretation. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I've realized that if I abide in him, I, I, I'm not focused on my works because the fruit of my relationship with Christ, those fruits of the Spirit come out, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, yeah. gentleness, meekness, all that. And uh, you know, and if that relationship with Christ wanes, then the old Anthony comes out, the one that's angry, uh, the one that you know deals with addiction so much. Um, but... You know, I know at the end what happens. I'm very comfortable with that now. I don't worry about, oh, am I in, am I out? Because, you know, grace is there, and I have that faith. But it's not, for, for new believers, you know, people that struggle with sin and things like that, I think it's important to get away from it so you can focus on your relationship with Christ. Um, but not so much to where... I'm not saying that people lose their salvation. I don't think that's what you're thinking. Um, but I don't think that is correct when it comes yeah, to I don't think that we should be I'm like, oh my God, am I in? Am I in? Am I in? Do I got to do this to be in? That should never be the mentality. Yeah, yeah but to be it's fair, you are saying you believe people can lose their salvation. Well, I do believe that. Yeah. 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 You could definitely find I, I don't. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. That's another, yeah, that's another doctor. Yeah. That's another podcast. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah we should that, that would be a good one. That's where me and Bueno separate. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Okay. I am so okay. ready. You are. I, I'll, I'll, br I'll bring my notes. We'll do that. Well, let me think about that. Let me think about that. Maybe. Um, are you ever saved? Are you really saved if you can lose it? Oh man, and that's I, I think we'll save it for. No way. I think we'll save it for Romans eight. I think we can do it in Romans eight. So. We'll add that discussion to the Romans 8 time. When we get to Romans 8 is on Wednesday nights, we'll do that. Right? Let, me, let me ask a question. Okay. And because honestly, like, uh, I, just, uh, 
I mean, I know where I stand. I'm just trying to get more clarification on, sure. on your views. Sure. I think you're just worried. We could do a part two. No, I think you're totally worried. <laughs> you you're, always you're, have you're a, dis- about what? a disclaimer. You always have a disclaimer yeah. for your ask yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you hear him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear him? Uh, I think you're worried about me. He goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So is there a distinguish between people who claim to be believers? Like, do we? Is there? Are there flags that we would say, like, oh, it's probably... This person's probably not a believer, or do we just say, "Well, we'll just let God be the judge"? No, I, I don't think so, because there's people that are very moral and do good deeds that are not believers. No, I think that's the whole point. That what Mike brings up is a valid point. I think there'll be people that appeared to be good. Yeah, but I'm saying, moral. but what I'm saying is, do you in in your position? Do you are there red flags in your eyes that he says, "Ooh, that's probably not a that's that's those are red flags that indicate probably it's probably." Probably not a truly believer, or maybe the theology that they believe is probably not a saving faith. Well, I don't know. That's a that's a tough question. I would say this: the prosperity of gospel. Oh, I hate those people. Oh. God, I hate. Those well, well, don't don't get. I mean, I really do. That makes me sin. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a sinner. We agree. And, uh, yeah. No, we agree. Uh, I, I, <laughs> two out of ten. I'm, on, I'm actually on that. Put us one out of ten. No, but. uh but uh, but okay so I, I so then fairly to be fair then there is something that would distinguish like yeah it's so prosperity gospel we could say yeah there's a lot of red flags that would distinguish like probably not saved I think no, they, I think I, they I, saved. I don't think so I think there's a lot of good people I think dude I think look I'm I'm one of these people that's like I hope God saves them all but I think there are good people that are seeking Christ in the prosperity gospel. I think there are good yeah. people seeking Christ Do you in think Catholicism, so? okay. uh, well, well, Jehovah Witnesses. Absolutely. I yeah, think there are Mormons. Do you, would you even say that in, in the... I don't know about the Mormon thing. I'm just telling... Or the Jehovah Witnesses. They're going to be disappointed the they're not Catholic, getting their own planet. I get the Catholic... They're not getting their own planet. The world is supposed to like 30 times already. I think we might also believe that Jesus and Satan I think there's a lot of workspace people that are getting in. You, 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 you but wait a minute! Don't you don't you, uh, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses believe in Christ? And isn't that all you need to to be saved? It's not, he said it's not. The I don't know about Mormons. Let's the Mormon, the Mormon one, no. Let's do that one. They believe Jesus. Do we have some Mormon brothers that'll come they and be on this podcast? Because that would be crazy. I've spoken to some huh? Mormons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? My cousin's a Mormon. Is she? Let's yeah. bring her in. Bring her in. Get a flyer down from Long Island. No, never. No, never. There's no button. We're in a classroom. This is a very cheap table. No button for that. No, but but that. Well, okay. Let me clarify. So, like, so those who would. So, would you even say those who teach and preach prosperity gospel, even them, would you say well, that's probably a red flag? Not that people, because I'm with you there. I'm people with you. I'm with you there when it comes to those who attend the church. Like, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, but I'm think. But what what I'm referring to is those who would teach that or be a pastor of that or a, a, I don't know the, man the like ones I, that I, want the, what the, is it? the jet yeah but what the, about the five like five billion dollar jet I, I, I worry about like but that's my point that's where I'm yeah. trying to that's where I'm trying to are we judging them though yeah but there's like a what's the passage where, where is it Paul or Peter that says like hey if they're lifting up the name of Jesus leave them alone uh, yeah. Paul, yeah is that yeah. Paul yeah if they're preaching Jesus leave them alone he's like even if they if they preach them in in for for their own selfish gain, yeah. Like, he says for their own selfish gain, yeah. and I'm like, dude's driving a Lamborghini, yeah. But and uh, it's dead wrong, and there's a bunch of poor people. But I, you know, God bless them. Do you feel? But do you feel we, we should call them out? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's right to call them out. That's why I, I say that I'm sinning. But 
<laughs> I typically do. Because <laughs> I just think I to myself, think so. I think to myself, I think the fact that they, there's a, there tends to be a group of people out there who are preying on the poor. Mm. Yeah. That, that drives me a little batty. That drives me a little. No, I'm with you there. They've yeah. turned the gospel into a pyramid scheme. Yeah, but then, but then, Ugh. is it really the gospel if it's a pyramid scheme? It, it, well, they're using that, that, they're it, using they're using portions the of the gospel scheme. or the part of the gospel. I'm saying, but is it really truly the gospel if it's used for a financial gain? I, I mean, the, the, uh, the problem with the question is, it, is it presupposes? Is it like? Is it? Is it? It's better. I think the better question is, is it? Is it good theology? And the answer to that is no. But is it the gospel? I think they get up on Sunday morning and they say enough of the gospel message. Yeah. That I'd say, well, that's Jesus, and that's the preaching Jesus, and then they add this other thing to it, which is like, hey, by the way, you can be a millionaire. So you or think we can name it and claim it? Look, man, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think that we have to hand that over to God. I, I, there's an interesting little passage in the second uh, chapter of Corinthians that says, you know, and it's specifically to teachers, and he says, you know. You know, if you teach all this stuff and it's hay and rubble and sticks and he says it's going to be burned up, meaning that I think there are going to be people and there's going to be disaster and there's going to be complications because of that. But he says they'll escape. They, they, they may get in through the skin of their teeth. So I don't know, man. And I, I think I that they can say the same thing about us. I know I've been saved since I was little and there have been some moments in my life where somebody can turn and say, ooh, is she saved? Mm-hmm. You hey, know, tell us about so, that. I've, oh. I've been the same. <laughs> <laughs> I called that this same. morning. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, oh, my. oh, for you? <laughs> for me. Said, I, called, I called that today. <laughs> so, all the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses are saved. I didn't say no. that. I, what is wrong with you? They believe in no. Christ. I said, Oh, they have his faith. I Isn't said, that look, that's all that's saved? I'm not going to be surprised. I don't know about Jehovah's Witnesses, but Mormons, it's a different Christ, man. <laughs> I, I, You have no. <laughs> If you're doing a podcast on Mormons, I want to be in on it. Oh. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. I've heard some. I, want, I don't. I don't. But we got, <laughs> yeah, we got I don't it. But we got. Need, we need some Mormons. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Us? Bring in some. My Mormons. cousin is misled, but I do believe that she is safe. Yeah, I do. I think that she's misled. She's very I think naive. A lot of people like that. But I wouldn't say that she's not the conservative safe. Baptist. Why would you say that? Because no, she but... has an attachment to you, or because you no, see something different? Maybe. No, isn't it funny I that call... all the groups think they're right, though? Like the Catholics. Like I, that, I, I, don't, I don't have any problem calling anybody close <laughs> to me out. <laughs> well, I think I, the I know. a lot of Catholics we who call are very I think it's everything outside the fundamentals. Yeah. That just conversations that we. I'm just saying. I got like my like my doctor's a Catholic, right? And I know that he loves me, and we have a good relationship. And I think of him as a mentor, but I know that deep down, what he thinks is one day he'll come around. He'll come back to the Pope. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not the Pope. You know? So. All right. We got to wrap it up for today. Listen, let's let's agree that we'll come back in chapter eight and we'll talk about eternal security and the ideas of salvation for eternity and whether you're in or you can lose it, you're out. Oh, it's going to be so crazy. Mm. It's going to be mm. so crazy. If any of you bring and the I'm message, getting out you're of already, <laughs> If you bring <laughs> the message, message context, you're already eliminated. <laughs> the message Bible, you're already out. Dang it. What is acceptable? I'm kidding. I'm King kidding. James. The ESV, the elected ESV. standard version. <laughs> the, the, the elected. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Made it. Peace. 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 Bye.